Wednesday what? night, and it's Simcha and Nasi, and we're here. <laughs> Whatever. I, I heard on Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs calls you Nasi, so I'm going to call you Nasi. <laughs> Call me whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> just don't call you late for dinner. Anyways, for dinner. it's eight oh five and it's Wednesday night and it's our time. It is, and it's the summer and it's like really it's so hot outside. It's really crazy. hot. Really hot. I don't know if it's global warming or if it's just hot. No, I haven't been out since around three, so I can't really tell you. Well, how hot I it was is. Out. It's still the same thing as earlier. <laughs> but it's very, it's very, it was, it was very hot. And you know something? It, it was hot. But listen, summer's supposed to be hot, right? So I saw someone posted a picture of like like four feet of snow. It said, "Just for those of you who were complaining about the heat, remember what it's I like." I saw that. Yeah, but anyways, no, I so, think it's like when you wake up in the morning and it's hot. It's much better than when you wake up in the morning and it's all snow. Even though snow is fun for everyone, but still, when you wake up, it's hot. It's... Yeah, but I grew up with snow. I like snow, and the truth is, snow you can put on lots of clothing. When it's hot, there's like just a limit to what you can do. I see you're in long sleeves here. Yeah, I always wear long sleeves. That's just the way it is. But uh, anyways, how was your week? Baruch Hashem, what could I say? A week at J-Root is great. There's nothing better. Nothing more you could ask for. So listen, so make it a month, make it a year. This is the place to be. We'll try. It is the place to be. This is the place to be, 100%. The amount of, of Kiddush Hashem that goes on over here, the amount of Torah, I have every single... Every single preset on my radio in my car is 95.1. <laughs> when I had my car fixed, the guy said, like, what is going on over here? Like, you don't have any other... Yeah, I have 1010 wins, and I have, like... Because uh, I have to listen to traffic yeah. periodically. It's either 880 or 1010, what people right. listen to. But whatever people... Well, not people see, what people hear or even they see on the website is just uh, so little of what really goes on behind the scenes. It's, I didn't even know until I got here. It's, it's really not true. normal. The, the dedication of the people here, everyone, David, Iran, Nisim, Isaac, everyone here, the whole staff. These are unbelievable people. It's how they came. You know something? I learned so much here, the Halachot, and here, the Shurim, and Rabbi Yossi Mizrahi. I love him. He's yeah. like... Well, they had an interview with him, I think, was it? I know. Two weeks ago, people were going crazy with text line. No one wanted to call him disrespectful, but like, Chris was going crazy. Oh, I listened to you on my way to work, this, that. Right, right, right. It was right. crazy. Anyways, so this week was Tishbav. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was Tishbav on Sunday. It was Tishbav Nidcha. But you know something? I'll tell you the honest truth that we had um, normally, I hear my kinnis, I listen to Rabbi Shimshon share because that's why I dive. He gives such unbelievable commentary on the kinnis, he brings it alive. It's unbelievable. And this year, because it was Sunday, I was in the bungalow colony, and not that, but there was no rav, there was no rabbi, there was no anybody explaining it, and I just missed it. I missed it. It was something that was missing. So I started just reading the history of the Corbin. It's crazy. It's crazy that history repeats itself. The Jewish people go through the same things historically, the same, and someone was saying, you know what? There are people that they had so many opportunities to to change themselves, and they just didn't. They didn't see the writing on the wall. And I was talking to, to my wife, and I was saying that, you know what, that's different in our generation. Because in our generation, people are changing themselves. People, 
There are campaigns for chesed. There are campaigns for kindness. You have the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. You have the Gedolim talking about being kind and being nice. And, and that's a main topic of the Gedolim Yisrael. And one of, the, one of the things someone was saying, actually Andre Root was saying that, you know, like Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, his whole taina was that the Rabbonim were sitting there he was thrown out of the party. He was sitting there, and they didn't say anything. They didn't protest. And he said, if there are bunim are protesting, I have to tell you, there are bunim that we have. If chas v'shalom, such a thing would happen, there's no question about it. Our rabbonim would protest. No question mm-hmm. about it. Not Khalila to say that. Yeah, I mean, this generation is, is full of chesed. I mean... Look at look at look at this whole radio station. I mean, it's 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 dedication of time, it's people's time and it's people's hard work, and no one's making a living off of it. Nisim doesn't take a salary, and people don't say that. None of us take salaries, and we do it lahagdil Torah, lahadira. Some reason people don't understand that. Nisim was telling me, we were talking to him the other day. People think there's like funds from here, from here. I'm telling you, I'm here. There is nothing. Nothing. It's, it's all it's, voluntary. It's kulo. With pleasure, Yad of course. Hashem, with pleasure. Because the truth is, you know when you get paid for something, if, 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 it, would, if it, would, it would take away the whole beauty and the whole gishmak. Our phone number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And you can text in 347-927-8398. Someone called me up this week. I really felt very, very, very lucky because there was a situation where someone called me up to ask me a discipline question, and there were two, an eight-year-old kid that took something without permission, and the school was going to punish the kid and suspend the kid, and I was so happy that the parents called me up because I was able to like, give the parent you know, some guidance what to tell the school, and, and Baruch Hashem... Baruch Hashem, the school, it's a good school, they, they, you know, they, they heard what I said, and it could have saved the kid's life, because you know what? An eight, nine-year-old kid that gets over-disciplined could really, really change his life. I, I, I asked many, many kids, like, when did their life start getting bad? And, and a lot of kids were able to trace it back to, like, a certain thing that happened in their life. Like, uh, one kid said, like, I threw a snowball and it hit my Rebbe in the face and accidentally and he looked at me and I knew when he looked at me that my life was over and I knew that he told the next year's Rebbe and I knew the next year's Rebbe told the next year's Rebbe here's a 13 year old kid talking about something he did when he was like seven and a half years old at 13 he could kind of be saved if he switches yeshivas but he has a problem if yeah, the other but, yeshiva calls yeah, the last no, yeshiva but, but he was sure that they were going like, to put that in his like permanent record that like myth called the permanent record and like you know is in their big red like Big red star on the front folder. Threw a snowball in this Remy's face. <laughs> but, you know, kids really. So, like, I told this mother, I said, first of all, the yeshiva was very, 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 very responsible. Who leaves all the candy un- unlocked on the tables in the dining room and tells 300 campers, most of whom are, like, first, second, third, and fourth graders, don't touch I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's, that's wrong. For adults, that's like telling a fat guy. That's right. Don't eat the cake on the table. That's right. It's like, it's like just wrong. But, but, but then when you catch the kid, 
telling him he's a ganef and this and that. You know, the truth is, the Gemara in Sukkah says that if a person has a hole in, in the wall of Sukkah, it's pure tzukur the ganef. You're tempting a ganav. You can't do that to kids. So it is delicate. You're really a good boy. You made a mistake. You, you, you gave in. And this is something in life you have to learn how to say no. Something you have to learn how to say no. Hi, you're on the air. No, you're not on the air. Okay, maybe you should have been on the air, but you're not. So there. It's not. Okay. It was a question for Nisim. It was a question for Nisim. I, well, I can't answer everything for him. Neither can I. <laughs> but the truth is, when a kid and every kid gives in to temptation, you need to tell them that temptation is a hard thing and teach them how to say no to themselves. That's something that we're missing nowadays. We don't tell kids, teach kids how Sound to say no. Kids. Everyone has temptations for this or this. Right. The adults don't know how to say no because they were never taught how to say no when they were kids. Okay. If, <laughs> I guess. If, if, you know, if, we, if we're going to like not teach kids how to say no and how to self-control, then, you know, then, then so then, what are some tips you could give someone about about self control in general? Well, first the of general, all, nothing specific. In general, in general, everything. first of all, acknowledge the fact that it's hard. Acknowledge the fact that it's hard and it's not an easy thing. If a kid thinks that you're saying it's easy, then a kid's saying, "What's wrong with me? It's so hard for them." And teach a kid that it takes work. It's like anything you work on it, and it's like a muscle. The more you exert self-control the easier it becomes right. and that's really what it is and the other thing is if a person gives into it don't beat yourself up just say you know what Sheva you pulled if it come which means Tzadik falls down seven times and then he picks himself up and that, 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 that that's just that's just what it is and they have to be able to just and, and tell a kid Tricks. I have tricks how to control myself. For example, I don't bring certain food into my house because I know that, like, if I bring in a box of donuts, then it just gets gone before the morning. It, like, because just one, it's a very gorgeous, a very, just one and then another and then another and then another. Before you know it, like, how many did they say come in this box? Was that 12? No, four. Because there are only two left. But. It's just the way it goes. Okay. I think a lot of people give up when they fall back. Yep. It's, it's, you know, it happens by everyone. Everyone. That's, that's one thing I think people should have in mind. That you're, you're, probably, you're most likely 99% probably going to fall. Right. You've got to get back up. Got to get back up. And you also, I find for me, ask Hashem for help. That is the biggest tool. We have a channel. And you know what? Teach five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds to ask Hashem for help. Someone told me that's inappropriate. I think that's so wrong. Kids need, you know what, listen. You, you tell a kid, don't cross the street without looking because you might get hit by a car, right? So you're scaring them, right? Yeah, but there's a reality, the fact that you want them to be scared because they might get hit by a car. Is there any less reality of Hashem? Don't you want them to know about Hashem? Yeah, I mean... For sure. And, and and the more you talk about it, the more they'll know about it. Um, and so that's really, it, even for adults, I mean, and you have to, like, people have to help themselves. And a lot of times people will, like, try and control other people or other kids. It doesn't work. 
It doesn't work. Someone's going to control me. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. If someone's going to control me, yes. If control worked, then there would be no crime. But guess what? There are jails filled with criminals, and people are still committing crimes. Because for every one that's caught, ten are not. And so if a kid, you tell a kid, don't do this, and you lock things up, so they'll find a way around it. But you know what? If a kid doesn't want to do it because a kid doesn't want to do it, because they know it's wrong, and you teach them kavod ha-torah, or you teach them kavod, then you know what? Then, then, then that works. Then that works. Um, so we've got a few texts already. A few texts. Okay, let's see. The person says their child is having anxiety about high school. What should I do? <laughs> Well, first of all... Which kid doesn't have anxiety about high school? That's first of all. High school is a big transition, and I want you to know that it's appropriate anxiety, and that's something that we need to understand. Appropriate anxiety is he's anxious about something that it's correct to be anxious about. So how do you help him deal with it? You tell him, first of all, you make a plan. You tell him, first of all, you're not the only one that's going to high school. There are thousands of kids that are in your position, too. They're going through the same thing. And you're going to be walking into the room with around 30 other kids that are also brand new. So on some level, they're all feeling the same anxiety. And you could just tell them that it doesn't really pay to think about it because it's going to happen anyways. Because, like... Nobody stays in eighth grade for that long. Although when we had, we used to play soccer against the school in Rochester. And it was like this, this school, I think it was called Our Lady of Perpetual Help. It was like this Catholic school. And there was this great soccer player who must have been left back like six times in eighth grade. Because he always came back and played. <laughs> he, he, was, he was like 16 years old and still in eighth grade. Something was like wrong with that. But I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you, I don't know, oh, it came up over there by you. Someone just sent in something about, something about your three-year-old daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. It says, my daughter can't find something. She says, Hashem, can you please help me find it? And usually she finds it a few seconds later. I think that's a beautiful story. Hashem listens to three-year-olds. Yes, he does. And the fact that your daughter says that is a beautiful thing. That's an indication of what kind of house you live in. Usually what it works by me, actually, is saying, I'm a Rebbe Yama that, yes. that, 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 that usually works. That is foolproof for me. That works for me. I, mean, I can tell you stories that would blow your socks off. I, 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 had, I, I, I knew a guy. He had new glasses. He came home in Erzstall, and he, he left his glasses on a bus stop bench by the central bus station and his parents like flipped a gourd and they said you go out and you walk the streets of Bifagad until you find those glasses he said but it's 11 30 at night he said I don't care so he called me up and he said what's that what's that what's that medrash he said it I guess there's and, two different versions because I say a different one. Okay, <laughs> whichever one. I don't know, as long as it works. But he sat down on the, on, the, on the bench. He started crying. And someone walked over him. And it was like 12.15 at night. And the guy says, why are you crying? He says, because I, 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 I can't. I just put out. It doesn't make a difference. So he says, like, what are you doing here? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I live in Ramadashkol. I found these glasses. 
at the central bus station by this bus stop, and they came here to see if I could find out who they belonged to. They oh were his God, glasses. Wow. <laughs> Blow me like down. That. Yep, that's the way it goes. Anyways. I think we uh, skipped one text. The yes, first my one. five-year-old gets nightmares nightly for as long as I can remember. He just started to play therapy. Is there anything else I can do? No, I think play therapy is the way to go. And um, For those who don't know what play therapy is, what is play therapy? Play therapy is, is, is um, it's, it's a certain type of therapy that a therapist through play and through interactive play, they're able to help kids express things that they normally would not be able to express verbally. What do you mean and, through playing? Like, Well, a good therapist knows how to interpret a lot of things through playing. And uh, I actually once had a client that at one point said to me, well, you don't know anything about me anyways. All you do is play with me. And I said, really? And I gave him a five-minute speech about everything about him. And he said, like, whoa, how'd you know that? <laughs> you know what you're doing. Because <laughs> I, 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 I play with you. And the funny thing is, I was playing like Madden football with a kid for like five years, like different kids for like five years. And then I was playing with my son and I lost like miserably. And he said like, dad, how did you lose? You play this like every week. The truth is I really don't play. I'm not concentrating on the game at all. I'm like really doing other things when I'm playing. I'm playing, but like I'm, I'm really not putting my mind into it. I really don't. I thought like play therapy is like, like some specific Therapists only do it because it sounds like she just, whatever, she just started well, there are, to play you, therapy. You have to be trained in play therapy. Not every therapist can do play therapy. It's not just, not, it's not a simple, uh, it's not a simple art. Um, I happen to like to play games, so it works for me. Um, actually, I, I, someone asked me what I do. I play games for a living. Um, <laughs> my son is very chutzpahdik. I have no control over him. How do I discipline Yes. The truth is, how do you discipline? Well, not by controlling him. Because if we're going to try and control our children, then we've lost. We need to teach our child to control themselves. So the first thing, when a child is very chutzpahdik, do not react personally. Don't take it personally, because it's not personal. When a child is chutzpahdik, they're essentially trying to get what they want. That's what they're doing. They want something. You're not letting them have it. You're a barrier to their desire. So it's get out of the way. And whatever they need to do to get you out of the way, they're going to do. Now, if it's chutzpah and they get you to react and they end up getting what they want eventually anyways, then chutzpah is going to be their thing of choice. But if chutzpah doesn't, doesn't make you flinch and you sit there and you say, that's chutzpah and you're going to be punished for it, but you're still not going to get what you want and it doesn't really make a difference, then they're going to realize the chutzpah doesn't work for them. And you have to not only tell them chutzpah doesn't work, give them an alternative that works. Tell them, this is what you need to do to get what you want. If you ask me nicely then I'll think about it. But if you're chutz, there is not a chance in the world that you're going to get it. If it's the last thing in the world that I do, I'm not going to give you what you want when you're chutzpahdik because then I'm training you how to be chutzpahdik. Now, if you have an eight-year-old kid, the first time you do that, they're going to look at you like you dropped off the planet Pluto. 
Okay, it's like, huh? Like, who's talking? And they're going to wonder. And so what they're going to do is they're going to get more chutzpah And then you're going to say it again. You might have to, like, take a shot of schnapps in between to calm yourself down. But they're going to look at you and they're going to say, like, huh? Like, I've had kids say to me when I've trained their parents to do this, what did you do to my parents? Like, what did you do? You taught them You taught them the trick. And the truth is, you just remain calm and you just realize that it's not really, it's, it's more than, it's more that they're just trying to get what they want than being chutzpah. Yes, you have to address the chutzpah and you have to say, that's, you can't talk that way, but we'll deal with that later. And you punish the chutzpah separately. That, I had something with my kids from day one. If it, when any of my kids said no to me, I would go, what? What? You said no to me? Nobody says no to a father. And like, I, I, I treated it like they, like they pulled a fork out of their nose. Like, <laughs> what? It is very amazing because like now my little one says no. My older ones say, what? Nobody says no. We don't say no to a father. Certainly not this father. But, and, and, and never got angry. I just looked at them like, are, are you for real? Are, are, you, are you like, hello? Can I please see if you're my child? They're probably like shocked. Like, huh? Like, huh? like say no? That just don't happen here. And, 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 and uh, the, 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 um, okay. Um, so that, that's kind of like how we deal with chutzpah and opposition. Anybody that has questions, they could email me at askdrsimcha at gmail.com. Askdrsimcha at gmail.com. And uh, you can send your questions in. And, and I'll be more than happy to answer. Okay, now here we are. Interesting one. My nine-year-old has anxiety. What age should I start therapy? Well, that's a pretty broad question because anxiety, it depends about what. It depends how it manifests. I would ask you to send me more details in an email at askdrsimcha at gmail.com. And uh, maybe we'll speak on the phone and I'll be able to give you a little more clarity on that. But... Uh, Anxiety could be on many different levels. So um, you don't want to rush into therapy at nine years old. I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist, and I've been doing it for many years, but I'm not like one of those people that feel like everybody and, and everything has to like be in therapy right away. I'd much rather help parents guide their kids and navigate through, through a lot of these things. My 14-year-old is chutzpah with a teen. It's impossible to control. What advice can you give? Hmm. That's a really good question. First of all, you gave the answer. It's impossible to control a teen. A teenager at 14 is in a battle. The battle is between his, his developing desire to be set free and his desire to belong. Now, if he doesn't have a strong pull to belong and his family, then his desire to set free is going to be overpowering. So what you need to do is you need to find ways of connecting with your 14-year-old on many different levels. That doesn't mean you start dressing in 14-year-old clothes and say, hey, you want to go bowling? No, that's like silly, and it's like kind of like really, really immature. 
But you need to start connecting with them by talking to them. Talk to them and tell them about yourself. Share with them things that are going on in your life. I mean, with discretion, of course. And start including them in your life as a, as a quasi-semi-adult. Entrust them with responsibilities. Empower them with things to do for you. Give them a sense of belonging and connection. And when you could do that, when you could do that, then that will empower them more than anything. And they'll desire that and they'll need that. And they will not want to risk losing their relationship with you. So you're going to want to find times when they're not being chutzvidik to really build them up and empower them with connection. Um, a lot of times depending on them for something and relying on them for something is a very good way of showing them that you trust them and tell them, that, you know what, you're my kid, I raised you, you're special, you're good, I know that you're good, and going through a hard time, and I'll always be there for you, I want to help you, okay? Um, that's all I can tell you. If you have any further, email me at askdrsimcha at gmail.com and we can talk about it more. What age can you diagnose anxiety? Anxiety is a reality. Anxiety disorder, which is what you would diagnose, is something that you could diagnose at any age, but the question is how you would treat it. But anxiety is a behavior that you can identify at any level. Anxiety is any time a child is nervous about something, that's anxiety. When it's a disorder, that's a different story. That's when it gets to a point where it, it impedes or it, 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 it ruins a child's functioning. That's when it's a disorder. Um, I'm an English teacher. And also have zero here control. With the text. <laughs> How do I gain control? Okay, I don't know what grade you're teaching. So it's like, it's a hard question. So I can't answer that question. Generally, I never control the class. I was a teacher for many years. The way I controlled the class was with the mental control. I found that if I respected the class, then the class respected me. And a lot of times that would mean that I had to really show a high level of respect to the class. And then when a kid would disrespect me, the rest of the class would like be really be upset. And I had times when kids were very chutzpahdik and the rest of the class like really came down on the kid and said like, don't do that. It's not nice. He's nice to us. He cares about us. And, and, and I actually saw a kid online who I hadn't seen. He's 31 now. And he was in, in, in eighth grade and which means he's 13. So that's many, many moons ago. And I asked him if he remembered me. And he said, Do I remember you. He said, You were the, you, you made such a difference in my life. And I was so flattered because I really didn't, I didn't know that. Um, okay. Um, English teacher, you could, you could email me at askdrsimcha at gmail.com and, and I could give you some more tips. But I need more details and, and I don't know if you want to, like, really get into it on, on, on the air. My 11-year-old is quite rude to her 9-year-old brother and says 
He's only 10. I always say I love him. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm happy that they say that they love him. And when you talk about a living role being rude, okay, um, tell them not to be rude. It has nothing to do with their brother. Being rude is about them. It has nothing to do with their brother. And they shouldn't be rude because they shouldn't be rude. And being rude is just ugly behavior. It's very hard to differentiate between their brother and someone else. So they're going to want to train themselves to be nice because being nice is really important in life. And, uh, uh, and you could say, and don't make it about their brother because then they're going to find reasons to say, but he did this, but he did that. No, there's no buts about it. Being rude is just bad. And you don't want to be rude. That's like saying, like, someone walks over and smacks someone in the face randomly. You say, like, why'd you do that? Say, well, because he did this and this and this to me. Fine. But you don't smack someone in the face. Correct. You just don't. It's just wrong. Being rude is just not, not right. I just think that I'd like to point out a positive in this text that your child does know how to say I love him, which means that you're loving parents. Because if you say that to your kids, then they say that to each other. So kudos to you. That's great. Tell your child that if you love your brother, then you're not going to be rude to them. Because love and rude kind of like don't mix. You can like shake them up and make them into dressing, like Italian dressing, but eventually they separate. And 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 and, and, and dressing is only dressing. You can't like drink it. You could drink dressing if you want. Yeah, but it's, but like, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, it's, it's not, <laughs> not not one of those things you want quenching your thirst after like a deal. I don't think so. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right. So tonight is the night of texts. Okay. I don't know. I have a feeling we had the other day we had a problem actually with the phone. So I'm going to see. I'm going to call with my phone. I actually love answering questions. That's like one of my favorite things. What, so, through text? Any questions. I just I like answering you, I could shut off the phone system if you want. If no, you no, want no, any no, calls. No, no, I like answering questions in person better. I I'm going to try to call from my phone to see if I'm picking I, I love speaking to kids. I think kids are God's best invention. <laughs> All right. I'm but, listening. uh,. Anyways, it could be because I tried to call in also. And tried to call, nothing happened, right? Yeah, it's not calling in, so just give me okay. one second, and I'll be Anyways. fixing it over there. Okay. All right, we have a technician in the house. Yes, it's Nussie, the technician in the house. Um, you know what? I think, that, I think that the biggest gift we can teach children, and the hardest thing is to teach children self-control. Because sometimes we have to watch our children make mistakes. And that's really hard. And sometimes you have to like let it let let, let things happen. And that's Tsar Gidalbanim. That's the desperation. We're gonna try and prevent our kids from doing things. And it's it's just not it's not it's not so simple. It's not so simple. And the more we prevent them, the more they're going to want to do it. And it's like, it's like anything. If we make like a, if it, I never, 
I never, never made like such a big deal about about saying no for rules. But my kids, when when they ask me something, I'll say, "Do you want to think about it? Do you really want to do that?" And generally, I give them the opportunity to make their own their own decisions, and that's and they feel good about it afterwards. Um, Actually, some. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Go, go. So, on the anxiety thing, because I don't know, it looks like the texts are going a little bit off of that topic. Someone texts in, anxiety is tough, but hey, I grew out of it, and so will you. So, there's just some words of encouragement right there. I love that. And so, someone texts in. So, thank you, Y, for texting that in. Yes. Thank you for texting that in. That you know what? It's tough, but you grow out of it. And yes, if you work on it, you grow out of it. And one, there, there are ways of there are ways of working on it. There, there are workbooks to work through. Also, there are tapes you can get. Ask Dr. Simcha at gmail.com. Just you know, email me, and we can we can, I can I can help you out. Any advice on an eight-year-old who cries and throws tantrums? Is well, that normal. <laughs> that's an eight-year-old. Welcome to the world of eight-year-olds. Terrible eights. Yeah. Terrible twos. <laughs> terrible eights. Yeah. When they're little, you can eat them up alive. When they're older, you kind of wish you did. But <laughs> <laughs> my son says he hates me, and it really bothers me. Even though he he's only ten, I always say I love him. You're smart. I always say I love him, and he's saying he hates you. What he's really saying is he hates himself, because he feels guilty about. The fact that you're nice to him and he's not nice to you. So what you need to do is you need to take that pressure off of him. And you could say, don't worry. I know, don't worry, I love you anyways. Even though you did this and even though you said that, I love you anyways. And you're just a 10-year-old. And 10-year-olds make mistakes and they say things they shouldn't. And don't worry. I know you don't mean it. Let him off the hook. And of course, it should bother you because you love your child. But let him off the hook. And he's really saying he hates himself for, for not being able to control himself. Because he, he really feels guilty for doing things that he does. Okay. Um, and hate is just a bad word. It's not a word that you want to really in, in, integrate into your home. And it's very simple to just say, like, we don't use words like that. I just, I want to interrupt, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Yes, we know the radio's not working, but it should be up and running in a second. Okay. The, the, the radio's not working? Now, now it should be working. I'm going okay. to check again. Okay. So we've been talking to, like, the air? No, 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 no. It just, it stopped, and now it went back on. Oh, it was okay. a refresh. That happened that happens a sometimes. A refresh. Okay. Taking a refresh. <laughs> All right. It's such a machaya to have a technician on board. Okay. Um, you know what? Anxiety is something that it's a reaction that we have when we don't have a way out of something. So very often, if we run away from it by getting anxious, we don't deal with it, that's when anxiety gets worse. A lot of times you have to face it and deal with it and that's how you outgrow it. But the worst thing you could do is if a kid's anxious about going to school or something, keeping them home is not the right thing to do because if you keep them home, 
then they're going to stay home the next day and then the next day. You need to teach your kid. Um, you need to be able to face it and I'll help you through it and we'll do it. Um, it's still not working. Okay. Oh. But uh, anyways... So I could like just say blah blah blah. No, 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 because you got you got you got a lot of people listening online and on the phone. You'd be very surprised. Okay, I, I'm looking over here at the computer and it says it's working. The, the radio. Okay, computer, whatever, 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 um, it's working. Well, I why? I don't know. It's I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's not. maybe your car's like parked in a bad place. My so fully, I can actually check it here. And he's only eleven. Oi. Oi. Email me, askdrsimcha at gmail.com. I want to talk to you about that. If he's a bully, then we need to help him. Because people think that those who are bullied need help. Bullies need more help. Because I really feel bad for bullies. Because those a kid, if a kid is bullying somebody, he really needs help. We have a caller. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, how are you? Email me, gmail.com. Hello, you're on the air. You're on bullying the air, and I'm listening to myself. Because people think you are bullied. Hello. Bullied. Looks like the radio is. It sounds like the radio is working. I just hear myself. <laughs> Thanks for playing me back for myself. Okay. No, it was someone. She said she started saying something about a counselor, and I said, just hold on one second. Okay. Call back. Call back. I mean, seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And you can call back. We got. If you're too shy to talk on the phone. 347-927-8398. Was that right? Yes, that's true. C47-927-8398. You could talk to the text. No, don't talk to the text. That doesn't make sense. But, um... <laughs> oh, oh, you just got in trouble. Someone says, don't say blah, blah, blah. I hear you clearly on the radio. Okay. <laughs> then I won't say blah, blah, blah on the radio. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, well, blah, blah, blah. Just said it. Uh, anyways. You know what? The bottom line is disciplining is a it's a hard job, okay? And it's something we got to do. Whenever my three year old daughter can't find something, she says, "Oh, I said that one already." Okay, let's try this one more time. We have a caller. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Anyway, lower your radio, okay? Good. Cute. Just lower um, your radio. I my cancer. My counselor never lets me get what she gets. Your counselor never lets you get what she gets? What do you mean? Hey. Time. We, have a we lost it. Well, I, 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 don't, I didn't understand your question. But um, I'm not Maybe sure. she meant like what the counselors give to different campers. I don't know, but hopefully she'll call either, back. Either, 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 but, well, listen, counselors are older. So a lot of times counselors have privileges that campers don't but um anytime that if you have a question about something the counselor is doing i recommend that you say something to them and ask them in a respectful way like why are you doing that and if you ask it in a respectful way then hopefully they'll give you a respectful answer and if they say because then you'll know that they are just not being good counselors and guess what and just remember, it's only two months. That's right. And counselors are really kids. Um, also, heard a lot of the time that anxiety, panic attacks are your body's fight or flight 
response to your surroundings. Yes, that's true. And that's what I was trying to explain in, in a little bit more uh, regular regular terms, that it's either run away, which means to flight into anxiety, or face it and fight it. Um, if so, would it be your body having a fight response or flight response or neither? So anxiety is the flight response because you're doing everything you can to avoid the thing that you don't want to face. So that's the flight. You're fleeing from the conflict by finding a way out of it. When you have an anxiety attack, so the body's creating all sorts of distractions that allow you to now avoid the thing that you're afraid of. So that's why that, that, that's that's kind of like what it is. This way, uh, you get away with not doing what you don't want to do um, because you okay, had an anxiety attack. It's not like you control it. It's not like you you do it on purpose. But uh, but you know you 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 don't. It's not something that you do on purpose. But it's your body like finding ways of getting out of things. If you face it, and the more times you face it, then your body is going to learn how to be strong and how to deal with it. And so that's kind of like one one of the ways of facing is like talking it through. Is also. Um, Someone says, Monday night I had the worst anxiety attack ever in my life. Oy vey, never. I had smaller ones before, but nothing major. Anyways, since Monday night, I've been feeling nervous and anxious, but to cope, I've just been sleeping a lot. What can I do to manage the anxious feelings? Healthier. Okay, there's a lot of information that I don't have over here. Um, I recommend that you email me at askdrsimcha.com at gmail.com so I could so I could have some more details because it depends how old you are, it depends how often they happen, it depends about what you're anxious, it depends if you have what to be anxious about. There's so many questions that I need to answer. And if you're having continuous anxiety attacks and they're debilitating and they're making you sleep to deal with it, then that means you have a, a disorder of anxiety, most probably, which means that you, you might need to seek treatment for it, which could be cognitive behavioral therapy, or um, there are many different uh, types of therapies. I know some really, really good therapists that deal with anxiety and are, are, are experts at it. So just email me at askdrsimcha at gmail.com, and uh, I'll give you that information. But I know some like really crackerjack psychologists that have helped many, many people with anxiety. Um, it's it's anxiety is a reality, and you know what? We live in a very scary world sometimes. It's 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 not. I think that there's appropriate anxiety. There are things that a person should be anxious about. I think not to be anxious is ever is a bigger problem. I think uh, um, I think that uh, not to be anxious ever is a bigger problem. Oh boy, we got a long one. I'm pretty afraid of what comes after death. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be so appropriate for you. I think well, you, should, you should read it quiet. <laughs> I think that I think that this is something that you could text me on my email because I would be more than happy to answer that question. Okay, all right, we, we have, have a, a caller, call the same person. Let's hope this time. 
Okay. okay. Hi. Are we gonna try this again? Um. Uh, yeah. You, so I didn't understand your question. Lower your radio. Okay. Hello. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, it's D R. The letters D R S I M C H A. It's actually a very ask, good question. I was going to ask you right. that. How do you spell it? Ask D-R-S-I-M-C-H-A. A-S-K-D-R-S-I-M-C-H-A at gmail.com. It's D-R. No punctuation. Okay? Um, that's a very good question. Yes. Okay. Um, so the, the, I'm not, the, 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 uh, the 3491, okay, that's the last four numbers of your uh, social. Uh, t- text me uh, or, or email me at Ask Dr. Simcha, and uh, we can have a like deep conversation about uh, about that. Um, but you know what? I'm more afraid of what's going to happen before death. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, how was your fast? Oh, I don't know. My fast was good. I'm I, glad. My fast, my fast was also good. I was, was actually, good? I could, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. Baruch Hashem for Jeru because I came in Tisha B'Av and that killed some. That killed some time. And I was, you know, I know I was doing something good, and I got to hear the shirim here in the studio. You That's know, because great. they sent whatever people out to go do. But I was here in the studio. You know, I had a nice cool studio. That's great. That's so great. All right. Yeah, I think we have, a, we have we have a call actually. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. I um. My hello. My my. Uh, my teacher always blames me. I, I don't know what to do. Your teacher blames you for what? Like, like once I, I, I was, I like someone took something from her and she and she she thought I took it. So, so she she she's blaming me and everyone was blaming me. Then I got in trouble. How old are you? Okay. We have another. Well, we have another caller, actually. Okay. Let me just before okay, I take sure. that call. Let me just answer. You. First of all, I, I think that what you need to do is you need to tell your teacher in the nicest way that y- even if you did something wrong, you didn't mean to. You're not going to do it again, and 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 you know try and make sure that your teacher knows that. And sometimes you, you might even want to ask your your father and mother to like speak to the teacher also to like develop to get a new reputation with the teacher. But the school's over. You're going to be having a new teacher anyways. Correct. We have a new. We have another caller. We have two more. Actually. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. All right, let's try the next one. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. I don't know what's going on. What is going, what is going on? on? I think it, I think on? it's the other side. I don't think I don't think it's our side. Well. We think you're on the air, I'm but sure. maybe you're not. There's just so many times I could try to reset the phone. I don't think okay. I don't think it's the phone now. I don't know. I don't know. There was an error with your request. Please try again. Okay. Anyways, all right. Let's talk about not being on the air. No joking. Person can have anxiety about being on the air. Okay. It looks like you got another text here. Okay. After the, the 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 punctuation question. After the punctuation question. How do you spell doctor? No, we did that one already. Right, so when I'm after it, see. Um, may I have to refresh my screen. 
That might be the issue. Ah. There you go. I want to call. What should I say? It broke again. Oops. What happened? I don't know. We have another caller? Hold on a second. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hi. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hi. You're on the air. Do you hear me? Um, what? Yeah. What's the topic? Uh, whatever you want. You. You're the topic. What do you want to talk about? Um, I go to day camp, okay. and sometimes when, when my lady's in the classroom, I can talk to someone. She got, he got, she understands that kids go between when he, when he leaves. So I like singing. So I start singing, and then I go to I go to Colin Stallman, and there's a and there's a kid near me that doesn't like when I sing. Do you have and a nice has, voice? What? Do you have a nice voice? Yeah, that's what I'm telling me. Okay, fine. Then so, so, too bad for the kid. No, I'm joking. But, uh, so, what happens? So, he doesn't like it. He gets he gets really angry. He's just like punching me, like goes full force. And then, Oy. and then he calls the other kid, and then he start, and then and then that kid starts threatening me, but it doesn't really bother me. Then so, I'm always one. And then I'm always the one to get into trouble. So here's my question. I mean, if you if you like singing, singing is a beautiful thing. But if singing makes somebody punch you, then why do you like singing when he punches you? So evidently, it, this guy's got a problem, and he needs help. And you don't want to be there near him, and to be the 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 guy that gets his punches. Save your singing for Shabbos or for home or for people that appreciate it. And right. If this, so, this guy doesn't like it, then you know what? I don't know if your camp is near a lake, but if it is, he can go jump in it. But don't. No, for my. No. Because when I. When I'm. My ready. I like singing. There's a certain song that I like singing. Then that kid really hates that song. So I'm sorry. I can't understand, I can't understand that song. Something bad about it. I don't think that's so. I'm actually seeing any other song. But on the thing, he still gets mad. And I'm trying to look away. For example, by davening, Colin Stallman, like, screams a lot in davening. Right. So he, he's going to purposely also be at me. So it sounds like this kid has some difficulties. I would stay away from him. You sound like a very healthy, smart kid. And I think that the things that you want to do and you like to do are healthy things. I think seeing during davening. And singing is a nice thing. I just think that, you know, in life, you're going to have to learn. you got to stay away from, uh, you know, certain kids that just are, don't know how to control themselves. And if he's following you, that means that it's probably not about your singing. That means that he probably just needs a pet or something to beat up because he, 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 he's got probably frustrations that he's just taken out on you. I would like... I would say, like, later, Gator, and then, like, just move away. Okay? No. It's not my... Because um, when I... I'm the only one to get into trouble. So... So, yeah. But that's what's going to happen. Because... It, 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 you know what? Because if you know that he doesn't like it, even though he's uh, he's not right, but if you're going to do things to make him upset, even though he's not right, then... You, then then you're not doing right. Because if you know it upsets him, then just try not to do it. 
I'm not doing it to bother him. I, I took I know him you're out not. to get away from him. I know you're not doing now, it to bother him, him but still. It's him. It's like him and other two of in the class. The other whole class doesn't really care when I sing. So the thing is they, like this. The thing is like this. We have two more calls. I just, you know, I, I don't want to be short with you. So it's very, but, but, but your best bet in life is if you know something bothers somebody, it's just smart not to do it. And, and it's just smart. It's good for you. You don't want to be doing things that, that bother people. Even if it's beautiful, just don't do it. It's not worth it. Okay, Tzadik? Okay? Hi, you're on the air. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. It's uh, Moshe Chaim again. Hi, Moshe Chaim. How are you? Baruch Hashem. How you doing? I'm Baruch Hashem. Fine. What's going on? Anyway, I just wanted to say um, that MS is doing a great job. He's trying yes. to finish. He's Amazing. great. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. And my question was... We got one more call. Okay, we have one more last caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, um, on my, I was just putting on my on my watch, and my rubber, um, 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 said, um, that my rubber just took it away because I was putting it on in my little class. Some things like this. I'm not in your class, and I don't know your rubber's rules. But generally, if a rubber take something away, I would ask him, why are you taking it away? And deep down, I'm sure you know why he took it away. And it's not, Revy's never going to just, like, take off a watch to, just because he feels like taking a watch. I mean, that, I, teachers don't do that. So there must be a reason. It must have told you not to play with it during class or, or, or something. I'm sure that there's something about this watch that has this magical powers that made you disturb class or something. Is that possible? Hello? Oh, we lost him. We lost him. We lost so many people tonight. But, uh, yeah. From the phone line. I don't think if, if you line. say we lost people like no, that, people no, in the stars. <laughs> from the phone lines. I don't, know, I, I don't know what's going on, but I, don't, I just but think anyways, these, fine. These, these clocks are like really, really very, know, very right? big. David did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. They're very big. You don't let you forget what time it is. But uh, anyways, yeah. so at 16 15. seconds, uh, 14, uh, 13, 13. Uh, 12. All right, anyways, this has been Dr. Simcha and Nasi on the weekly hour. We had a lot of good questions tonight. And again, ask Dr. Simcha, A-S-K-D-R-S as in Sam, I-M as in Mary, C-H-A as in absolutely a pleasure to answer your questions. <laughs> and you email me. Um, and, and Mazel Tov to the Chassan last night. Someone got married, and um, I hear it was a beautiful Simcha. And, and uh, she had a lot of Nachas. And have a great week. Have a great week. And we have uh, Tubav. Tubav is, like, coming up. Yeah, Tubav. I, can I just tell you, like, a, a wild story on Tubav? If you can make it fast. Very fast. <laughs> okay. Very fast. I have a Rebbe, and... This Revy, I go visit all the time. And every time I leave, I say, I want to do something for you. I really, really want to do something for you. He says, you don't have to do anything for me. Why? I, said, I have such a car, so I told him. So it was too above four years ago. And I was in my office. And my family was in the mountains. And sometimes I fall asleep in my office just because I'm at the computer or whatever. And 2.30 in the morning, the phone rings. 
And I pick up the phone. Why? I have no idea. I said, hello? <laughs> so the guy says, is this Dr. Zimbalcone? I said, yeah. I said, why are you calling my phone at 2.30 in the morning? He says, because I'm in Yerushalayim. I said, oh, okay. Uh. He goes, I'm in a restaurant in Geula, and I have a wallet in my hand. I said, why do you have a wallet in your hand? He said, my friend and I decided we wanted to do Ashavas Aveda. I said, okay. He said, so they did Ashavas Aveda. We walked over to this thing, and we randomly plucked out a wallet, and we said, we're going to find out who this is, and we're going to return it. And there's nothing, no phone number in this wallet except for your phone number. Wow. I said, really? And he says, there's $1,200 in checks and $1,300 in cash in the wallet. I said, well, it's definitely, definitely mine. mine. <laughs> no, I said, I said, really? I said, and whose name is in the wallet? And they tell me the name. I said, oh, my gosh. That's my Revy's wallet. Wow. My Revy from Borough Park, that's his wallet. And it was in uh, Miss Adagula in the Lost and Found. And they found it and they called me to tell me. So they said, by the way, what were you doing in your office at 2.30 in the morning? I said, evidently waiting for your phone call. Right. Anyways, they sent. So, so I called up my Revy the next morning. It was 2 of the morning after 2 above. I said, Revy, have your wallet. He goes, what wallet? I said, Someone found your wallet in your shalim. He said, I said it had $1,200 checks. He goes, and $1,300 cash? I said, yeah. He goes, do you know what I want? I lost that wallet? Lag Baomer. Wow. So it sat there, Lag Baomer, till Tuba of, and I fell asleep in my office just so I could be there when they found it and they called me. Ashkacha Pratis. Ashkacha Pratis yes. because if a person wants to do something, Hashem lets them do it. I really wanted to do something, Hashem let me do it. Right. Looks Good. like we're really, really, really well, over time. I, I started late. <laughs> Not oh, my fault. You know what? You started late. You're I right. started late. I started late because I came late. But, <laughs> and we won't have to say anything about that. So right. Everybody should have a, a, a good bench week. And by the way, Kiddush Levana, till tomorrow night. All right. Thank you. Okay.